We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. It is Friday, and you all know what that means. It is Front Office Friday! Let's go! Front Office Friday is here to break down all the latest around the NBA. Those of you jumping in and joining from YouTube, welcome in. Plenty to talk about around the league today. Keith, still have not gotten that haircut, but uh, nope. I have it planned for later today hence i'm hatless because you can't wear a hat the day you're gonna go get your haircut see and i am not doing the haircut so i am hat full today i guess i had a hat full you are full of hat yeah i'm full of hat today hat 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 headed i don't know whatever it is oh we're off to a roaring start here yeah we are it's friday Something about, again, welcome in, everybody joining in from, from YouTube. I've already seen the comments coming rolling in. People are excited that it's Friday. Yes, we always love kicking off the weekend, getting to talk some NBA basketball with everybody. But I want to talk about um, something that I think we maybe should have put on yesterday's show, and that's Terry Stott's uh, departure yeah. from, from Milwaukee. I'm I'm surprised, but I think what's most surprising to me is the timing. This is right before the season starts. And Terry Stotts is walking away as an assistant coach with the Bucs. What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, we get a little bit of reporting yesterday that there was a little bit of a disagreement, I guess, at a practice recently. He was uh, headed off to work with some players, and Adrian Griffin, who is the Bucs' uh, first-year head coach, wanted to meet with uh, the coaches first. And he told Stotts, hey, get over here, basically. I'm very much paraphrasing. Yeah. And uh, kind of called him out in front of everybody. And then after that, it turned uh, in a different direction where Stotts is out. I, my guess is this was not everything that caused this. Uh, I would be mm-hmm. shocked. I assume this was a straw that broke the camel's back situation where he he was probably there. And, and I do wonder if um, with Stotts, I mean, he's 66 years old. He's done this for a long time. I wonder if it was like, man, I just don't need this. Like uh, I'm, I'm going to do something different and uh, decided to, to, to call it and, and move on. But definitely weird to have this, you know, this close to the start of the year. Yeah. It, it's just the, the timing certainly strange. And, and you got to wonder too, Adrian Griffin, a first year head coach, 
did he perhaps in some way, and I'm speculating here, but did he perhaps feel like he has to prove that he's got authority here and, and all yeah. that was there? Was that element part, part of this? And then um, Terry, you know, he's been a head coach in the NBA for a, for a long, long time. And so mm -hmm. managing that respect level and, and all of that can be difficult when suddenly a guy, when he's been the guy for 10 years, right. Or, or whatever he was with, with Portland. And now he's got to kind of take the, the back seat and be an assistant coach. It can be hard to fall back into that role. Almost not, not the same, but almost kind of like how we talked about how difficult and how commendable it was that Vince Carter was able to step back from being the guy of being a superstar and transition into being a role player. That's a very difficult thing for players to do. Similar with, with coaches, not always easy to go from being a head coach to now you're the assistant and you got to listen to somebody else. Yeah, that's a great point, especially guys who have done it for a long time. If you were a head coach for like two, three seasons, sure. Mm -hmm. Like that, that happens all the time. But yeah, to your point, I think Terry Stotts, 13 years as a head coach, I want to say it was like two with the Bucks previously, two with the uh, Hawks, and then nine with Portland. If I have my uh, numbers right on that, it's in that range at least. And that's big, right? That That, that is definitely true. And I do wonder, again, yeah, is it just, you know, I don't want to do this, but you know, for Adrian Griffin, it turns into a uh, situation where he is, um, like he he is uh, loses a valuable member of his staff now, right? Like he he runs into a difficult um, place mm -hmm. where now all of a sudden he is uh, down an assistant with a ton of experience, uh, you know, as a first time head coach. That can be a little rough as well. Well, and. Yeah, that, that's just it, right? When he's a, if you're Milwaukee, if you're a Bucks fan right now, that was kind of your, I don't know if stopgap is the word I want to use, your safety net, right? That you've got a guy on the bench with head coaching experience that's that's been there, that's done that. Usually you look to that person to be the training wheels of sorts to the yep. head coach. If, if they start to stumble, the first year head coach, if they need somebody to lean on, they start to stumble at all. They're running it, they're, they make Rookie mistakes, which are expected, right? We expect rookie players to make mistakes. Rookie head mm -hmm. coaches are going to make mistakes too. You can have that that person there to kind of guide them. Uh, and so not having them there, that could create some more more bumps in the road for the Bucks season. But like you said, it's it probably wasn't just this, it just this. As the chat is saying, I wonder if he said get over here in Scorpion's voice. <laughs> I love it. Probably I hope. Funny, but probably but probably not. I um, hope he didn't like shoot a uh, you know, spike into his chest and drag him over. <laughs> we, would, we would probably hear about that. Yeah, would probably, I, would, I wouldn't blame Terry's thoughts for resigning then. <laughs> but it was probably more than just this one incident to create. This. So perhaps we would have been going into a season of friction had Terry Stotts stuck around. And, mm -hmm. and so maybe this will end up being the, the best move for the Bucks, but still a little unsettling to now not have that veteran head coach experience on, on your bench. Yeah, and the last kind of thought I have, too, is for Adrian Griffin, it could, one, be slightly awkward with Stotts having all that experience. And then you have factor in, he was Damian Lillard's coach for the first uh, right. chunk of Dame's career as well. So that also starts to become in a into a little bit of a, you know, uh, potential for awkwardness there as well. If you started having a, one of your star players feel more comfortable with him than you and all that stuff my guess is it'll all be fine the bucks will get past and we won't even remember this you know a couple months from now but mm -hmm. 
know, there is the potential that this could turn into, you know, wow, things didn't go quite as smooth as we thought. And remember when Terry Stotts quit on the, you know, eve of the season, like that, that was a little weird. So that, 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 that exists, even if I do think it's fairly unlikely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, All right. Some questions coming in here from the chat. We've got DJ said, is anyone awake in the Pistons organization? (laughs) They have not made a single move since July 1st still have their 15th roster spot open and have a massively unbalanced roster. What are your, I don't what, know what's I going on the last in Detroit? Part. That it's unbalanced? Yeah, I mean. They've, they've got they've, a lot of bigs. Yeah, they've got four primary bigs, which is a lot, and none of them are really a four, um, but it's kind of fun. But they've got wings. They've got plenty of ball handlers. Like, I, I, I don't know that they're, you know, massively unbalanced. And I think, them not making a move since July 1st. I mean, they didn't do much period this off season. They, they drafted Thompson and then they uh, traded it, you know, most of their cap space to get Joe Harris and Monte Morris. And here we are. So, I mean, I don't know what they were really supposed to do beyond Mm -hmm. that. I mean, everything else was filling out their, their camp roster and yeah, they've got an open roster spot. We'll see if they fill it or not. Maybe one of the camp guys emerges. They do have an open two-way spot. So it's, you know, good competition at the back end of the roster, but I, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure what they should be doing. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really the the thing here. When we look at, at Detroit, what is it that they should be doing? And I know look, fans, right. We always want to see moves. We always want to see, Oh, did my team make the best moves of the summer? Did my team, do this and do that and to make make progress sometimes just making a move for the set for the case of of making a move it it, it doesn't work out it doesn't sure. work out so you, you have to make the right moves and i think that's where the pistons have to be careful with how they build this up and i know they've got aspirations of getting into the postseason getting into that mix kate cunningham of course him getting back being healthy for an entire season that's going to be a big part of that push but i don't think they need to rush anything right now if the right opportunity isn't there for them it's not like this is oh my gosh we've got the clock is ticking we have a 35 year old superstar and need to win right now that's not the situation they're in i don't think they need to force anything here yeah agreed. i agreed i think too with the pistons I, I i and i don't want to my disagreement with dj to mean that like i'm like the pistons are awesome they're you know correct you know gonna be great i certainly don't think that i i think you know, they've got still quite a bit of building to do. I just, I'm more with you of, you know, there's no reason to do a whole heck of a lot right now. Like just kind of keep things moving and, you know, they can continue to continue to evaluate uh, throughout the course of the season. All right. You want to get personal here? Sure. Rohit says, can you guys get into why you started the podcast and what got you all into basketball journalism? Um why we started the podcast i guess i can kind of speak to that because keith this podcast already existed before before i came around but it got up to a point and you can correct me if i'm wrong here keith but from my sense it it got to be a bit sporadic um in terms of of how (laughs) it is uh, an understatement it was extremely (laughs) i'm being kind right but but i saw i've always been interested in in salary cap stuff and you guys who listen to the show and watch the show know I am not on the same level as Keith when it comes to understanding all of the cap stuff and being able to break everything down. Um, Keith gets all of that stuff. I'm definitely interested in this. Keith is the guy when it when it comes to all of all of the cap stuff. So I can 
I can funnel the conversation to the right spots and hold my own enough to know what the right questions are to ask and, and get there. So that's part of what makes this work because Keith knows all of this stuff, all the ins and outs. And I've learned a ton from just from you know hosting the show. But um, from seeing this podcast and listening to some episodes and, and all of that and knowing Keith, Keith had been on my show over on Lakers Nation um, a, a number of times over the years. Uh, we met years and years ago. Um, in at Las Vegas, summer this league. was summer league. This was probably seven years ago, maybe now at this point, at least, yeah. at least, I, at yeah. least. And, um, and just from listening to the show, I felt like there was potential here, um, for the show. And I know that they were kind of on, on hiatus. And so I messaged Keith and said, Hey, you know, do we, would you want to get this going again? And, um, and have me join up and, and we can really push this and, and see what we can do with it. So that was, that was my side of, the story here in terms of how the NBA front office show was going. I wanted to cover something beyond just the Lakers and be able to look at a, at a wider lens. And I thought this was a, a great vehicle to do so. Yeah. I mean, that, that pretty much covers that part of it. The history before was uh, we started the show. Uh, it started it with, mm -hmm. you know, a couple other guys, uh, one of whom he pops in and out of here every once in a while, Pete Toll, a uh, great, you know, guy does a lot of stuff. Um, well, I won't go further because I'm not really supposed to talk about what Pete does basketball wise, but he, he's a, you know, super good dude, um, you know, knows his stuff about basketball, loves like the roster piece. Um, and we, we were doing it for a while. We went through a couple different iterations, but the challenge was we we're both kind of busy outside of the show and neither one of us really wanted to be the one to do all the, the rest of it. Like I, I will say all the time, I show up here, I talk, talk a lot. And then I shut down and Trevor does everything else with the show, gets it posted, puts it together and all that stuff. And that's, you know, just trying to I think, balance our roles with the show. And, um, you know, so yeah, when you came to me and said, let's go and you were like, no, I've got it. Like I know how to, you know, handle all the technical parts of it mm -hmm. and all that. That was for me, a no brainer with that. We have a lot of fun. Um, To the second part of the question for me, I just sort of, backed into it i was um i tell i've told this story before but i'll tell it again briefly i was writing obscenely long message board posts on real gm about rosters and salary cap and all this stuff like obscenely long that like people were probably like what is wrong with this guy does he have no life beyond sitting on this message board all day every day <laughs> but i loved it and i get approached and said hey we like what you've done on the message boards. Would you like to write for the site? And I was very clear of like, I have not written anything formally since college. Like these are message board posts. And uh, the editor over at Real GM, Chris Reyna, he's the best. And he was like, I'll work with you. Yo, I'll, we'll, we'll get you there. We'll clean up the other stuff, but you've got, you know, you know how to write, you've got the potential. We'll, we'll work on all the rest of it. And then we just kind of went from there and then it just, kind of kept growing and growing and growing until I was able to turn it into my full-time uh, job. And, you know, all, all I do, you know, a few years back. Yeah. And my, my story is somewhat similar in that I had another job. I was a classroom teacher uh, for 13 years. I taught us history and uh, I started doing this on the side. I started writing initially and that grew eventually became that it's a much longer story than I have time to get into right now. Actually, if you're if you're a member over on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, um, which I just started up the memberships there about a week ago, uh, I just did a video dropped a couple of days ago where I explained the whole thing, how I got into this and how the Lakers Nation podcast, all of that kind of came to be. 
Um, so there was a much longer version of this this story, but ultimately I got to a point where it was time to to leave teaching and make the leap to to do this full time after I got into the podcast and video side and and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and you know, made that leap and uh, a few years back, and and it's been been great. Been doing the front office show and Lakers Nation, and this has been uh, it's been fantastic. So I certainly can't complain. I, I get to hang out with Keith for like an hour each day, and we get to just talk basketball. It's uh, it, it's it's a good time, that's for sure. And some other stuff uh, on occasion. Uh, okay, not enough for some, some far too much for others. So <laughs> I think so we're striking a, a good balance. Uh, somebody asked in the chat, t- Tony Yayo, Yayo said, mm-hmm. are you cool with Danny LaRue? He's a CBA nerd too. I love Danny. I owe Danny a lot of uh, thanks to getting me going at Real GM. We, we were both there at the same time. Um He's somebody I've always looked up to. I've, I love the way he writes about the league. I, you know, obviously he does a lot of things I like, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, I'm a tailor uh, made audience for him, but I think he's fantastic. And I will say this much like most people I've met through doing this, they are way better people than they are, you know, basketball people. Like just, you know, Danny is a, just an incredibly kind and generous person uh, with his time. And and I'll say, I promise I'm not pumping up my co-host here, but I know how hard you work and I know, you know how much you do every single day and how much of it is not seen that I don't think people realize. And that to me just, you know, that, that blows me away. You know, your work ethic, you know, to grind doing this every single day, that's an inspiration to me because there are days when I wake up and I'm just kind of like, like I, I don't know. And then you, you, there's so many days when you'd be like, no, come on, we'll talk about this and that. And then I'm like, by the time we're ready to go, I'm all fired up and excited. So it's a, you know, I'm by, you know, can't, can't, you know, any success we've had here together, you know, the bulk of it is owed to your hard work. Well, I mean, I I don't know if I can take that much credit, but thank you, my friend. I do, (laughs) I do, I do appreciate it. My, I think I'm, it may even be a problem. I don't know, but I'm wired a little strange in that, when I don't have basketballs to talk about, that's when I'm more stressed. Like yes, I'm more stressed I, when we don't have anything, when we don't have stuff to <laughs> to get into and I don't have, have this to do. So, um, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but Trevor is 100% telling me. the truth. Cause I've witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> those, those weeks in August and September, like oh. I, like this, this poor guy he starts to look as gray as I do on the sides. So it's, 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 uh, uh, you know, it's not good. <laughs> he, he gets stuff. But all right, we'll, we'll, we'll finish our love fest here and we'll, we'll move back into to, to basketball topics. All right, let's get to Jeremy's super chat question. Thank you, Jeremy. He said, happy front office Friday. He said, fru day. Sure. Okay. Why not? Uh, hey. The rookie class looks fantastic. Obviously, Wemby, but also it looks like a future stud. And I love Jairus Walker and Scoot. Yeah, I mean, always exciting when you've got young talent like this coming into the NBA. And you know what? For for some of these guys, well, I mean, most of these guys really, it it kind of it gives you a reason to watch some bad teams, right? To watch some teams where you're not expecting them to be very good, you're not expecting to see beautiful basketball, gives you a reason to tune in and be and try to get a glimpse of what some of these guys can be eventually. The teams that didn't change a lot in the off season, I tend to push a little further down my list mm-hmm. early on in the year uh, because there's just not a lot there. And then yeah, to your point, the guys who are on bad teams, I try to watch them early because we all know how it goes. Sometimes later in the year, they get shut down. They're not playing as much. And by then I'm trying to more zone and focus in on the playoff teams. 
and get ready for the playoffs. So yeah, early on in the year, I'm excited. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, you know, there's like four or five guys he didn't even mention in this message that I'm mm-hmm. excited to see. I'm excited to see the other Thompson twin, uh, you know, a- Amen. I think he's going to be great. I think Brandon Miller is going to be pretty good. I, I would have picked Scoot, but I get it. I still think Brandon Miller is going to be really good. I, I think this class looks, you know, really, really deep and really solid, you know, all, all the way, way through um, with this. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm beyond, you know, psyched for this rookie group. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun to watch and uh, I'm going to be burning up that league pass for sure. Checking in. And throw Chad Holmgren teams. in there too, right? Not a, oh, for not sure. a draft guy, but still a rookie. You know, as a rookie. The, we can do all the arguments and all that stuff. Like <laughs> you know, later, if anybody wants them where the, the remember the t-shirts, the Donovan Mitchell t-shirts that they wore mm-hmm. that year with Ben Simmons, that it said rookie and then add the definition of like, is it oh. first year you know, or whatever and all that <laughs> right. stuff. That, that was that that's a uh, peak petty that I love in this stupid league. I, I think if you, re- if you miss your, the entire season, you should still be classified as a rookie. That's my opinion anyway, but yeah. yeah. I mean, the reality is it's just, have you played a game or not? That is the, the definition that the NBA uses. And you know, for what it is, Chad Holmgren has not played a single NBA game that counts. So he is a, a rookie. Right. Yep. That, that, that counts. That's the way the NBA does it. All right, let me Chris get into asked. Um, oh, yeah. I want to skip this. Just Chris asked top five teams in the East and the West. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to probably do that Monday and Tuesday. We'll do mm-hmm. our season uh, preview and predictions and all that stuff. So, Chris, we will answer that. It'll just be on our shows next week where yeah. there that, that'll be our lead into next week when we don't have preseason stuff to talk about and all that. Uh, let's get into. There's a few questions because we get a lot of Lakers fans in, in here and things. We get sure. uh, some people that are asking about the Suns. Hans here, uh, obviously, because he said R is, is a Suns fan. Thoughts on the Suns? Our bench is better than people think. That was that was my so Lakers fans are obviously not not having a good day after after yesterday. I don't know if you saw the second half, Keith. They tried to play basically a quarter and a half of basketball without anybody who has any experience coming anywhere close to initiating an offense. Mm. And it went about like you would expect. And it was because of injuries, but the Lakers did. And uh, I don't know. I compared it to this. I don't know if you remember the football game. I believe it was from last year when the Broncos had no quarterback. Yes. They, they didn't have a quarterback. So they put Kendall Hinton, Hinton, who like played a little bit of quarterback like in high school or something yep. like that. And how that often that's basically what the what the Lakers looked like for the second half. So a lot of Lakers fans are very upset. But my biggest concern from any Western team is what if the Suns bench is better than it looks on paper? Because it certainly looked good last night, again, against a team that didn't have anything close to resembling anybody who knows how to run an NBA offense, but still they looked pretty good for the for the bulk of the game. If the Suns bench is better than the sum of their parts that could wind up being a big problem that could propel them because right now that should be their weakness going into the season. It's that bench that should be where teams are able to, to close the gap a little bit because we already know this is such a top-heavy team with Beal and Booker and KD. Yeah, and I'm going to caveat this with, I think some guys are on minimum contracts for a reason, right? They're, uh-huh. they're that That's you know true, and there's times when it's, even if we like them on a minimum contract, they're still a minimum contract player. That being said, uh, 
way back before the start of the offseason, I wrote my kind of underrated free agent targets list. And it felt like every other day the Suns signed somebody off that list. They did. Yep. Because I like Drew Eubanks a lot. I liked Keita Bates Diop a lot. I liked Yuta Watanabe a lot. Mm-hmm. And the Suns get all those guys. Eric Gordon, obviously, we know he's going to be a productive guy. Eric Gordon just seems like one of those guys who could roll out there when he's 50 years old and make five jumpers and call it good, right? And you know, might not be able to do anything else, but, you know, just still, I mean, that I always say he's got one of those jumpers I would love to, like, borrow for a week of pickup. Of, like, just just <laughs> right. like, let me use that jumper for a week and go from there. Uh, <laughs> Gold Eagle says, don't forget Bull Bull. I didn't forget Bull Bull. I have far too much uh, experience on the bowler coaster here in Orlando. The, the bowler uh, coaster. I like it. Yeah, I mean, Bull I haven't Bull heard has, that one before. Yeah, he's just, I mean, the potential is there. I'm just not, like, I don't know. I just don't think he's going to be very good um, for them, and I don't think he's going to play any kind of real role. So mm-hmm. I like a lot of the guys they have. They're not all going to pan out. A couple of them are probably going to amount to nothing, and they'll probably get cycled through, whether it's trades or, or uh, you know, uh, waivers or whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think their bench is solid especially when you consider that was all they had to work with was minimum signings at the start of the off season. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for, for where, you know, the, what the sun's bench could be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could be again, it looked pretty good. I actually looked great last night. We'll see if they keep that up uh, in the regular season or not. But uh, if they do, if this does end up being a, I mean, they don't even have to be good. They don't have to be good. The, the bench, just if they can stay even, with other teams bench, that's a massive win. Or not lead massive points, right? Like if you you only give up two, three off a lead, you're, you're probably fine because those guys are going to be there. It's going to be important for Frank Vogel to really get his staggering right with Mm -hmm. Durant Booker and Beal. Like there should really be no minutes in meaningful minutes. Obviously I'm talking about where those one of those three is not on the court in games where they're all available. Big question is, are they, gonna be available like that's you know always the the question we wonder about but yeah i i, I think we're in a spot with you know the suns where they've, they've got enough to get by and the trade they made with aiden gave them a couple more tradable contracts that they can do other stuff with because i like nasir little i like grayson allen as far as basketball goes with grayson allen mm-hmm. um you know and his skill level there so you know those guys will play a role josh akoji is pretty good i would start key debates diop just to give the little bit extra size in the starting group but yeah we'll, we'll see which way they ultimately go with that they seem to like akoji quite do. a bit because he doesn't need the ball ever so yeah it's it's gonna be kind of fun to watch frank vogel mix and match all that group all right uh the golden eagle or the gold eagle said with a $20 super chat thank you said when will the all-star game go back to east versus west i'm hearing adam silver is thinking about it i prefer that i was not a fan of the team captain stuff what are your guys thoughts um they're already in discussion like they could conceivably they could do it this year if they if they yeah. really wanted to push this through i don't know if maybe it's they'll they'll wait but the all-star game it's not like you have to it's not like it's the competition committee or it's it's doing something to the cba where okay do we give teams enough time to adjust and, and all that sort of stuff if they want to do it now, they can they can do it right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I we talked about it a little bit. I, I don't know. It was earlier this week, but they're going to keep tinkering with the All Star Game format till they try to find something that works that drives interest in the game. But we are both of the opinion until the players care more about it, 
that it's going to continue mm-hmm. to be a whole bunch of, you know, what it is. And honestly, in my opinion, I don't really care if the players care more because my whole hope for the all-star game is it finishes and nobody got hurt. That's yep. all I really care about. I don't, you know, and, and I, a couple people suggested in the comments on the show where we talked about it, make it, uh, you know, make it decide home court advantage. No, that's dumb. I think that's too we much. We played 82 regular season games to decide that. We don't need to have, you know, a meaningless exhibition game, get applied meaning just for whatever reason. And there'll still be a whole bunch of guys who won't care enough because they know they're not going to be playing in the finals anyway. So, yeah. It, you know, I, I'm not that, that uh, big. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I mean, there's, I, I think there, there's other things we could brainstorm of how to make the All-Star Game uh, interesting for the players or something that they're going to care about, important. Uh, I don't think, put it, something as big as home court advantage for the finals, I don't think you should base that. Have players who, like you said, may go into the game knowing they have no shot of being there anyway. Those guys shouldn't be deciding something as important as, as that in the NBA finals. But uh, there's probably other ways to do it, and, and we'll see what the NBA does. I don't know if going, I mean, they went away from East versus West for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right to make it more interesting, and now the solution to make it more interesting is to go back to East versus West. So, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I I hope they eventually land on something, but I think, like you said, ultimately the league probably just needs a break. I mean, they have bye weeks in the NFL and a different sport, obviously, but the guys probably just need a little bit of a break in the middle of the season. If that's really the main uh, objective of it, that's fine. That's fine. Sure. I don't have a, a problem with that. Yep. Uh, Justin Kirkland said, what are your surprise teams in the West and the East, either good or bad? Then he said, hashtag Lakers 18 and <laughs> in, incoming hashtag boo Celtics hashtag still love you, Keith. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. <laughs> I love you too. That's uh that's very sweet. Justin uh, yeah, today, uh, just shout out to, uh, to, to Mrs. Smith. It's our anniversary today. Uh, you know, so we're, we're 
you know, spending time with you on my my happy, anniversary. Happy so. anniversary! Nice. I'm sure that's um that's not winning you any points though. <laughs> no, well she's working anyway, so we'll, oh, okay. we'll, we'll we'll do dinner later tonight, and we'll we'll have some fun. So what yeah, what anniversary number is this? Eighteen. Oh, so it is it. So, so number yeah. eighteen incoming. There you go. Yep, there it is. Yeah, yep, that's true. I didn't even really think about it that way. So, uh, surprise teams in the West and East. Um, without stepping on too much of you know the total mm-hmm. season prediction stuff. Uh, in the East, I will say Indiana and Orlando for me. Uh, in the West, I don't really have one. I don't think. Um, well, let me look at what I've been kind of laying out here because. I mean, we've talked about it ad nauseum, like the 12 teams that are not Houston, San Antonio, and Portland, like mm-hmm. good luck. Uh, I don't know. I think Memphis is going to be better than people. A lot of people seem to, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of people have them knocking them down into the playing range. And I don't think they will be anywhere close to that. So that's as close as I can pick for a surprise in the West. Can Cleveland be a surprise team? They're in that weird limbo space. You know what I mean? Like surprise team, we tend to think sure. it's a team that is not expected to be very good that winds up being pretty good. Cleveland is expected to be pretty good, but I, I I think of all the teams in the East that could jump into the upper echelon, Cleveland would be the team that could, not saying they're going to, but they could be a team to make that kind of a leap. Yeah, I they need something to happen with Boston mm-hmm. or Milwaukee. Probably, unfortunately, it'd probably have to be injury wise to, to get past either one of them or one of those two teams to really say, we don't care at all about the regular season and we're, you know, just going to play it up. But yeah, I, Cleveland is to me with New York, they're right at the top of that second tier yeah. in the East. I've, I've dropped Philly out of that. There's just too much going on there. Like I'm, I'm not sure you know, what that whole situation is going to play out like in Miami, by the time we get to the playoffs, I'll be talking about them probably very differently, but mm-hmm. for the regular season, they, just, they have to show me they care enough to be in the mix, you know, near the top of the East. And I just don't know that they, they will. So yeah, I mean, Cleveland's right there, but I, I, I still have them, you know, it's like, like two tiers, honestly, behind Milwaukee and Boston, because I just think those two teams are so much better than anybody else in the conference. Oh, ultimately, I agree. I think they are head and shoulders above everybody else in the conference. I just look and think the Cleveland has a, a. I don't think the Knicks necessarily have the same factor. Cleveland has the potential for organic growth to yeah. take them to another level. Like Darius Garland is a young player; they can get better. Evan Mobley, if he has that third-year breakout, Jared Allen is you know getting a little bit older and all that, but. But they've got pieces where, especially guys that are at key positions with with Mobley, with with Garland, who maybe could take a step. And they added some pieces during the summer, so they're, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on for me. Um, in the West, Minnesota is the team that I've been talking up all summer. It's the team that I think is getting overlooked uh, a bit too much. And then it's I've been saying it for months now, but I feel like everybody's saying it now. But OKC is the other team that uh, that I really want to keep an eye on. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I have thoughts on both of those teams, but I, I want to save them for when we do our mm-hmm. season because I think uh, it. we rarely do we disagree, and I think you and I are uh, on opposite ends of the spectrum with at least the Timberwolves, so we'll see. Okay. I like it. I like yeah. it. All right. Well, that'll be a fun show then on uh, on Monday. Yeah. Uh, Brandon said, what point guard could be on the move that the Jazz could get? Point guard that could be on the move that the Jazz could go get. That would make sense. Sure. For them, for them to go target. Yeah, I mean that's a really inter- like interesting question. I think 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, they love Keontae George, and I think they they're mm-hmm. that's the long term plan there in Utah. I, I think it's more likely they clear a guard out to really be able to give him minutes. Because mm-hmm. if we look at it right now today, and I just wrote about this on Spot Track, it's like, how do they get all these guards enough minutes? Uh, that posted earlier this week. It is, you know, you've got Jordan Clarkson, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, who started, uh, you know, a lot last year. You've got uh, Colin Sexton, who went through a lot of injuries, but still very high on him. And then you got Chris Dunn, who had a you know easily the best season of his career last year, albeit in short the you know stint with Utah, but really looked like he figured some stuff out. Then you get to George as kind of the fifth mm-hmm. guy. So I think it's more likely they clear somebody up. But I think um to Brandon's question, the bigger point is there's going to be a uh, consolidation trade coming. Yeah, I, I think for, for the Jazz. I I just don't know if it's right now. I, I think it might be maybe a year from now uh, before they, they really fully lean in heavy, but we'll see if they have another good year like last year where they start off really, really strong. Maybe they, they decide to go all in. And by then someone will have come on the market that we're, we're not talking about. and didn't really expect. Yeah. The, the jazz, they have a lot of guards. They just don't have the guard unless Keontae George becomes that they don't have the, and that's why people say, Oh, the jazz need a guard. The jazz need a guard because they've got a lot of guys, but they don't have anybody that you say, okay, that's the guy that's their guy. You know, this is the guy that's going to be alongside marketing and now John Collins and Walker Kessler. And uh, this is the guy that's going to be there for the next. I mean, look in today's NBA, three years is a long time. That's a lifetime in, in today's NBA. So yeah. um, that's, that's what we're looking at here. Now the wizards, maybe they've got, some extra guards that they that they want to part ways with. I don't know sure. if you're getting the guy there unless, I don't know, somehow Tyus Jones is on the move again or something like that. But um, if kind of similar to the way we talked with Houston, about Houston, I think it was yesterday, that if they're a team that somehow surprises and winds up being like in the play-in mix, they could go and make a move. What if the Jazz find themselves in the play-in mix, maybe the lower level? I don't want to get, you know, set the bar too high for them. Could they be a landing spot for Malcolm Brogdon? Yeah, for sure. I, I just don't, that's not a long-term option, right. right? Like you're talking, that's kind of give us the boost we need for the rest of this year and mm-hmm. we'll, then we'll reevaluate. So yeah, I, I think that's definitely somebody who could, could be in play uh, for them. And that's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot more matches that make a lot of sense where they could deliver some stuff towards Portland. That is, Hey, let's, you know, maybe think about doing, doing something along these lines and things like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys I think who could, you know, the chats mentioned Tyus Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Monte Morris. Like, yeah, I mean, those guys could definitely um, help Utah right now. But none of those guys are like, there it is. There's our point guard to grow with the rest of this team for the next four or five seasons. That's just, you know, that that's not who those guys are. Yeah, they could help those guys right now for sure. Keith, I was up late last night doing the the Lakers post game show, and then uh, and then editing and doing all that. You know, the behind the scenes stuff that that you were talking about. And so when this comment from Charlie came up saying even like Monte Morris would help the Jazz, I'm so tired. My brain initially read Monte Ellis. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I don't know wait. that he's helping the Jazz right now. No, prob- <laughs> probably. I mean, he does have it all, but still, he does, he does have it all. He does indeed. Yeah. He, uh, he played for the Jazz, right? Did he? Maybe towards the end? I, I, I think so. I just remember the, the Warriors days. Yeah. Uh, uh, Apple says, see. while you're looking that up, Apple says Colin he Sexton is not. a solid I point guard. I imagine that. He did not. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, I, I like Colin Sexton a lot. I just he, he's not to me, he's, not he's a much distributor. more of a scoring guard. Yes. And then he's a distributor. So um, but yeah, I mean I like him quite quite a bit. I just am not necessarily sold that he is, you know, plug him in as a starting point guard and, and run with it for forever. <laughs> Rohit said, Who's Monte Ellis? Yeah, it's it's M-O-N-T-A-Y Monte Ellis. He's a, he, his age a little bit there. He's a guy that, that you can look up. He was a former warrior, former maverick. Buck, uh was a pretty good uh, yeah, he he bounced around quite a bit, but was a, a pretty good scoring guard at one point. But kind of his game didn't necessarily age with the league as the league shifted and, and all of that. But at one point at one point, Monte Ellis was a pretty good player to target in fantasy for the for the yeah, brief stretch there, his moment yeah. in the sun. Oh, yeah, the pre Curry Warriors, like yep. he was yo. Know, yeah, I mean, I because I have his basketball reference page pulled up mm-hmm. in 2009-10, led the league at 41.4 minutes per game for the Warriors, Whew. 25.5 points per game uh, is what Got he pulled done. up. Won 45% shooting and 34% from three. So, yeah, he was just he was an undersized scoring guard. Like that's that's really what he was. He was you know uh, kind of like a Lou Williams type you know mm-hmm. uh, player. So. Uh, somebody asked, is Wanyan Gabriel going back to the Lakers? And then somebody said, Wanyan's on the Celtics. He's actually getting waived. Uh, that was reported oh, earlier today. I uh, missed they're, that. They're gonna, they're, yeah, the Celtics are just, I, I think they're not, I think they're going to leave a spot open on the 15 man roster. And I think their idea is, uh, uh, Namash Queda had, uh, uh, passed him anyway. And, and I think it's, uh, one of those things where it's, we'll just keep the two way guy and use him versus eating a salary and paying a ton of tax yeah. uh, penalty by, by keeping Gabriel on the roster and by letting him go. Now you free him up to go, go catch on somewhere else. Maybe right at the start of the year. All right. Uh, Daniel suggests, could you see James Harden in no. Utah? I can't. Nope. I think this the fit. Like the age is part of it. The play style is part of it with what the jazz are trying to build. And it just, it feels like it would be a bizarre fit. Like, I just can't imagine James Harden, who's known for his time visiting certain establishments uh, in Utah. I just, it doesn't, it just doesn't fit. I've said this before, though, guys like Utah, because it's as close to Las Vegas as you can get, is an extremely short uh, hop over to Las Vegas. So a lot of guys who have, uh, let's just say, enjoy the lifestyle, uh, they, they have uh, enjoyed being in Utah because it's not too far from Las Vegas. And then when they don't want to be doing that, it's very quiet and guys like it. I mean, there's you know countless stories about players who were like, man, once I actually got here, this place is pretty cool. And it's yeah. a, a pretty great place to live. So, yes, yeah, so directly in Salt Lake City. No, you're not uh, you know, getting down to a whole heck of a lot, but uh, but not, not, not too far away. No, if, if the nightlife is what you crave, that's probably not the place for you, unless you're going to be taking those trips into Vegas or whatever. But again, everybody likes different things. There's certain people who don't like that and prefer to just be able to be at home and have, have peace and quiet and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, Apple says James Harden will be a clipper. That will probably be the end result of all <laughs> yeah, this, I think. I imagine. But, at some point? Yeah. I don't know when. When? Yeah, that's the, the bigger question. Uh, Charlie Saturday asked, uh, do two way guys get waived before the season get any money? It depends on if they had guaranteed money in their two way contract or not. We've seen a handful of two way, two way guys get waived this year, which is not a normal thing. Usually teams 
sign those guys and start the year with them unless there's mm-hmm. an injury. But, you know, teams are really, I think, trying to make sure, uh, you know, with all the different restrictions now on stuff, like if we can get guys in that can play if we need them, it, we're, we're going to keep uh, shuffling the bottom of the roster for sure. All right, we'll do a few more here. Uh, Will says, when Joel, meaning Embiid, eventually requests a trade, do you guys think OKC will finally sell off their 35 first-round picks? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of what they're they're waiting for, right? Is that is to hit hit a point in their own just kind of natural growth that they've got a really good team that maybe is just lacking that that other star that can come in and join SGA, and uh, and who knows, maybe it's Embiid, maybe it's another player, but they have. Anytime anybody pops up there, OKC is going to be a threat because they could just push all the chips in and say, "Give me that player." Yeah, I, I um, yeah, I think it's it, that's certainly spot on with what OKC is looking to do. And then, yeah, I mean, but if Embiid requests a trade, it's going to be any uh, number of, of people. So mm-hmm. ah, we got a notification, but it wasn't anything good. Nothing I was all excited. Happen. I was like, "Oh, breaking news! Here we go!" But it wasn't. Oh well. All right. Uh, this one, t- that I would have been able to hit the button, the breaking news <laughs> button. I haven't been able to use that one in a little bit. Uh, my little pony? Pony. Is pony. it pony? Yeah, because that's like pwned. Like, okay. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. Uh, love the pod. Keep doing what you're doing, and it's much appreciated. And he said, go Celtics. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to clip that. that. We just had. Now we have a clip of you saying, go Celtics. Well, and you said earlier, Lakers number 18. Yeah, I did. And say then that. that. So there you go. Um, yeah. But all right, never mind all that. We'll delete this show. From that's, the that's that's actually, I I think that's actually a, a good thing here that somehow, some way, you and I coexist. And somehow, <laughs> some way, viewers of this show who are supporting teams that are that are opposed to each other, somehow we are, we are all coexisting here. I don't yeah. want to say in harmony necessarily, but we're all here. We're, we're making here. it work. Yeah. Yeah. If only the rest of the world would all tune in to front office show, they could learn That's how right. to act and treat each other with kindness. So, That's right. We could we yeah. could make the world a better place, one trade and transaction at a time. That's it. Through we basketball. It That's it. That's better right. living through basketball. There it is. Wanna, there it is. Can we do Tony's question about yeah. the Rockets? Uh, uh, there it is. Will the Rockets win 42 games and will Jabari Smith end up as the Rockets' best player by years? And the first one, I'm going to say no. Yes. Will they win 42 games? No, but Jabari Smith as the Rockets' best player by year end. That is interesting. They've got some, some good players, but I yeah, I don't think that's impossible. And that's even yeah. with Fred Van Vliet on the on the roster. That's with the guys that Jalen Green, the guys that you've you've brought in. Um, who do you think would be if it's not Jabari Smith, who is the most likely player for it to be not named Jabari Smith? Jalen Green. Like I, I think, you know, I think. I think the Rockets have a trio of young guys in Green, Smith, and Thompson that are as exciting as anybody's because mm-hmm. all three of those guys, in theory, should be able to play together a lot. Um, sometimes we get super excited about, man, this team has a ton of young talent, but there's a lot of overlapping talent, and it's hard to see how do you get them all on the floor together. I think with those three guys, there's there's definitely a world where they can all play together and play together a lot. And I'm really excited about that. I, I, I think it's – I'm super-duper high on Jabari Smith. He went like 60 games with the Rockets. just never really ran anything for him. Anything yeah. he got was self-created or second chances or the ball just kind of found its way to him. 
then they started running some stuff and then you saw all of a sudden this this guy took off and i mean he showed up at summer league and did exactly what you want a high drafted second year player to do he was so good that the rockets were like go home you're done yep. like after like a game and a half it was like we you don't need to be here anymore so i i i love his game i think he's gonna be really really good i think um having Ime Udoka there and the rockets out of necessity stumbled into something at the end of last season with him playing a small ball five that mm-hmm. they can definitely go to at times and that'll allow them to get guys like Tari Eason on the floor more that'll maybe allow Cam Whitmore to wedge his way into some lineups so yeah I think he is as much as Jalen Green seems to be the focal point, I think Jabari Smith is more the key to everything the Rockets become um, if it goes in a good direction over the next uh, two, three seasons. I am, uh, I've been very impressed with Alper and Sengun. I like him too. And I, I think he's, I think he's really good. I think he's really good. And he's a guy that, that could take on that role. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he'll get the opportunity to. But he's he's a name in the mix, though, to to potentially be that guy. But Jabari Smith certainly could be. I mean, had had probably the best one of certainly the best moments of summer league, if not the best, with that buzzer beating three with like what yeah. was it like point eight on the clock or something yep. like that, catch and fire, and and he, he like turned and fired it. I mean, amazing, amazing stuff. That was that was absolutely yeah, he, phenomenal. It got lost last year because it became kind of you know. Paulo and Jalen Williams and Walker Kessler kind of mm-hmm. became like the rookies who stepped forward. And there's some other guys, but he, he, he really started figuring it out. If you go like go to basketball reference, pull up his player page and then go to the splits by month section. And you'll mm-hmm. see month by month, he just got better and better and better. And that's always exciting for me. I, you know, I think he's going to be really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we're going to head off into the weekend there, but do appreciate everybody for joining us here for Front Office Friday. Thank you, guys. We'll be back on Monday talking more NBA basketball. If you haven't done so already, please make sure you do subscribe over to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Hit that button and turn on those notifications as well. And before you leave, like this video too. Uh, Keith, we're going to have a great weekend. And next week, regular season. It yeah, you were there. It is here. Yeah, I can't wait. And you guys will have plenty to yell at us about next week because I think we're going to do our season predictions mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. And you'll you know, you'll be able to come back and tell us everything we got wrong and all that. And and we'll see. But that that's part fun. of the fun of it is putting ourselves out on a limb a little bit. So we're, right. we're gonna have some fun with that next week. And man, we're we're almost there. A few more days. A few more days. A few more sleeps, and, and we're there. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Keith, happy anniversary. Hope you you. have a great one. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.